Warning. What you are about to hear is born of long years of deep friendship, shared experience, brutal honesty, and the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Please, do not walk up to the first black or white person you know and start this sort of banter. It will not end well. Welcome to Racial Heresy, the show where two Episcopal priests, one black, one white, attempt to violate the established racial doctrines of American culture and provoke you to do the same. Allow me to introduce Father Jamel Ballantine, a hard labor avoidant, mass incarceration fighting. He's woke, so he's angry living, priest, husband, father, friend, and all around good Negro. And allow me to introduce my brother from a white mother, Father Case Ramey, a Bill Maher listening, Captain America promoting, hoorah chanting, but James Baldwin quoting, January 20th, disbelieving. Priest, husband, father, friend, and all-around high-quality cracker. How are you, my brother? I am Uh oh, living in a whole new world. A whole new world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not the Disney version, though, because in the Disney version, all the good people are white and all the bad people are black, and that's not how it is right now. Oh, man. I'm, you know, I would say I'm sorry for your loss, but... You know, thanks be to God because you you you're finally coming over to 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 my side. And the scales have fallen from my eyes, brother. Oh, and, now and you I want to go back to the matrix. Now I you go back can to the matrix. You know, put and, me back in. Beloved people, we are we, we we are glad to be with you again for another episode of Racial Heresy. Thank you all for mm-hmm. listening. Racialheresy.com, where you can catch up on all of our past episodes and see all the mischief that we've been trying to cause and hopefully inviting you to, especially in these times where we need to have more racial heretics. We need you to become a racial oh, yeah. heretic. We need oh, yeah. more racial heretics. And so it's a pleasure for Case and I to invite my other brother, not a replacement to Case, but a substitute down here <laughs> in, 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 in the deep south of, of central Florida, a true, true Georgia cracker, my other priest, a lovely father, a lovely husband and friend, John Davis, the director of Canterbury Retreat Center down here in Oviedo, steps from the Trayvon Martin m- murder, um, holding it together out there. How you doing, John? I'm I'm having fun with this. Just listen to you guys. I, I need to plug in a little bit more. That should be on your website. You know, if that's not on your website, you know, where you advertise the retreat center just steps from the Trayvon Martin murder scene. I think that I think I think Jabril's just just got your whole new media campaign plan that's for you it. right there. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll talk to my marketing guy and see if we can't uh, come up with a line. <laughs> all right, all right. We give it. We give it tours. The the, the bus tour. You know. That's you know. It. You know. We shouldn't dismiss this too quickly. There's a pilgrimage in that. Yeah. There's a pilgrimage in that. We, yeah. we have to think about that. We, yeah, you right. know, right. a racial right. heresy pilgrimage, you know? Like, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> well, welcome. Welcome. Well, thank hey, but, you so much. Glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. We've been we've been planning on this for quite some time. But, you know, as a, as a director of a retreat center, I know that you are incredibly, incredibly busy. And so I'm, I'm, I'm delighted that you have some time to be with us. Go ahead and, 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 and you know, I have my own narrative and we'll get into that in terms of, you know, how how you and I connected and why we're all here on this show. But before we get into that, I just want you to give the people a little background on 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 yourself, your journey um, and, and your journey predating us and, um, and and Canterbury Retreat Center in Oviedo. 
Sure, glad to do that. Um, I uh, Cradle Episcopalian, I can really claim that. Um, I was actually very sick as a child when I was born, and so my mother, being the good Episcopalian she was, I was baptized within hours of being born. So mm. I can call that Cradle Episcopalian. Indeed. Legit, <laughs> legit uh, in that regard. Bonafide. Um, I, that's it. I grew up in the South. I grew up in Noonan, Georgia. It's about uh, 45 minutes south of Atlanta, southwest of Atlanta. And um, I uh, went to St. Paul's Episcopal Church there as a kid and, and grew up. And I grew up in um, – I'm 57 years old. I was in the 60s as a child. And I still have some memories of, um, you know, I mean, sort of in the shadow of Dr. King, uh, those kinds of things out of Atlanta. But also, you know, the one that I remember – uh, seen as a child that really affected me is, and this kind of gets into some of our discussion later is there was a theater in town, one theater on the court square called the Alamo theater. And there was a separate, separate entrance uh, for blacks. And, um, mm-hmm. back as a child, I didn't think anything of it so much. It's just the way it was. Right. And, uh, they had to go up and sit in the balcony and, uh, and such. So that's, I grew up in Noonan, um, and then moved to Atlanta when I was in high school. And uh, after high school, went to Barry College up in Rome, Georgia, private uh, middle, uh, college, and did my BA there and stuff. Had a great time with that. I knew I had a call in ministry really since my senior year in high school. And uh, so I started prepping that way, came back to Atlanta, worked in a while in a psych hospital, but then went on staff at a large met- uh, mega church. Uh, Mount Perrin Church of God. It was my one step away from the Episcopal Church, <laughs> and um, uh, and it was it was wonderful. I'm also, I guess, another to say, uh, part of my faith um, is that I'm really a child of the Charismatic Renewal uh, okay. within the Episcopal Church. So that's kind of uh, sort of how I got to Mount Perrin, maybe in that regard. But it was an eight ten thousand member church, something like that, and I was one of four youth ministers. And when I look back Ooh. on my life, it's how I learned youth ministry. Right. I was that was there for that season to learn youth ministry. Yeah, I'm glad you said uh, that because I know you really cut your teeth on youth ministry. That's how you really got. Yeah. Yeah. I And so from there, I ended up at St. Andrews by the Sea in Destin, Florida okay. as a youth pastor. Uh, I was there five and a half years and then came to the diocese at uh, Bishop Howe's invitation to be his youth officer and and then later canon for youth and worked uh, on his staff for 12 years while I did seminary. I uh, was ordained a priest in 01. Um and then uh, left the diocese in 03 to be on staff at All Saints in Winter Park, and then planted a church in Oviedo in 06. And in 09, Canterbury was in some trouble, and I was on the board, and I ended up being both the vicar of incarnation and the executive director of Canterbury, basically two full-time jobs. Uh, And uh, a lot of work, but, you know, we've seen uh, a lot of good things come out of those years. A church got planted, and, and Canterbury is still here. Uh, so after, after we kind of worked through some of that, um, have a lovely wife. Uh, her name is Beth. We got married in uh, 91. We just celebrated our 25th anniversary. Uh, we have a little farm in Oviedo, uh, where we have, she has, let me be clear. She has a couple of horses, um, (laughs) and, uh, and a few chickens and, and, um, and a, a whole slew of English bulldogs. And, uh, so that's kind of our life. Uh, there I've been at Canterbury. Um, I left the church about three years ago and, um, and started at, uh, full-time at Canterbury. And, uh, it's a joy. I think that one of the reasons I'm there is because I have a really strong network of folks and, and, uh, to, and I'm also was a program guy when I was at the diocese. So that's some of the skills that I brought into that. But, 
Um, once again, grew up in the South, and maybe to sort of step into that. So in the 90s, there was some work being done um, through somewhat through Promise Keeper, some other things going on, on racial reconciliation. And that's when I first began to deal with some of this, on, maybe on a personal level. Okay. And uh, and uh, what I mean by that is I, I – my – I grew up in the South. My uh, family, sadly, we own slaves. Uh, my, I'm eighth generation, uh, and so, and in that, I had relatives. My, uh, let me get this right. Five great grandfather, Jephthah Vines Davis, fought in the Civil War with four of his sons, and uh, so I mean, I've, I've been around it, but I began to deal with some of my own, um, my own prejudice, my own racism. <laughs> In that, in those moments, and and uh, and thought, and to be honest, I'll say it this way: I thought I was done. <laughs> I thought, well, I've been there. I fixed that racial reconciliation thing. Been you know? there, done that. That's right. Hey, you been can, there, you know, you can talk about being in the Shadow of King in the '60s, and you've got yeah. some good personal stories, and then you you confronted in the '90s. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's a great. That's you're. I'm good. I'm done. Up. <laughs> check check that box and move on. And then I met Jabril. <laughs> You know how many stories start that way. Yeah, and then I. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's it. Man, That's it. you know, like you know, hashtag when I met Jabril. Dot dot dot. You know, <laughs> but you know, it's it's it, 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 it is it's 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 a it's a beautiful story, man. And 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 I'm glad that that you're you agree to come on and share that with 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 us and with with our listeners. Um, you all are in for a treat because we talk a lot and we get a lot of questions from folk about, you know, how to have conversations uh, across the color lines and, and how to approach those conversations, you know. And to be honest, more so we get those questions from white folk because it's like black folk, we always locked and loaded. We're ready to go. We're ready to talk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> although, although I'm going to challenge you that on a little bit, man, because we put together, you and I put together a whole event. Right. And folks didn't show it. They weren't ready to come to talk, you know, kind of as we found out. So it's, it's yeah, I'll give you yeah. a little bit on that one. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> yo, no, no, yeah, yeah, but once you pin us down, you know, you can't get us in the room to talk to y'all. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Because right. we, we, we fear it's going to be uh, too explosive. But, you know, that's that, you know, but that's always the question is how do I even approach those conversations? And Case and I have talked before about how he and I connected. And for those of you all who may not have heard that show, um, the quick and dirty version is, you know, we were both seminarians at Virginia Theological Seminary in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, and I tell people, and that VTS going to be mad at me for saying this all air, it was a horrible place. It was awful. I mean, it was. I mean, courses, you know, the coursework was easy. I think I had like a 3.5 GPA, you know. Um, but it was an incredibly, um, offensive place, you know, and I would spend, you know, I had to, I had to listen to my, my, my horrendous rap music, uh, in order to get myself ready to come to class. So I'd be driving to class. I got to play some Tupac. I got to play some, you know, <laughs> public enemy fight the power. You know, some days on the good days, I could play some Bob Marley. You know, I, I, I had to play something. And, you know, a couple times, you know, I'd just be in tears, you know, before I go. To, I can't I couldn't go to class. I'd just be in my car in tears because of what happened the day before. And on a couple of yeah. occasions, Case just, you know, saw that. And, um, you know, he was compelled to come to me. And on one occasion, even just no words, just sat in the car, cried with me. 
we had a good cry, uh, like 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 it was like uh, the Notebook or something. Had a good cry, <laughs> and it's been all downhill from there. Amen. <laughs> Thanks be to God. <laughs> and you know, and people people really understand that version. You know, people understand you know being com- being moved to compassion, and that being the the foundation of of a relationship. Um, but you and I have a different story, you know. Yes, and it, it was one where, um, and, and 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 I'm gonna set it up for you to talk about it. But it was one where you were moved, almost moved to trouble. <laughs> tell tell us a little bit about that. Tell the listeners about our encounter. Sure, I um, we we had met a couple times at different dioceses and things, clergy conference or whatever, and um, I remember we talked and and I would, I guess this was, uh, I came and actually did. I preached uh, at a church where you were serving, and um, somehow or another, I don't know exactly. Um, probably you manipulated this one way or another. You got my email, and I got <laughs> I got sort of plugged into your media feed, and um, and was not something that I I remember signing up for. I might have, but somehow probably or another, not. I started <laughs> I started getting uh, a lot of your comments and things like that. And this was in the fall. Help me with the dates. Uh, fall of fifteen. That must uh, have, may have been 15. We'll Mike, 15. Mike Brown. Mike Brown time period. When was that case? Yeah. Oh. Come on oh, now, brother. pop quiz, this, white this, man. <laughs> I've never had to learn black history in my entire life. Why in the world should I start now? <laughs> <laughs> but let, let, let's just say 15. You know, everybody it remembers says, Mike I, Brown. I bet. I live in these moments. I, I try not to live in these moments anytime other than those moments. I, I live completely outside of that at the, like 99% of the time. So this stuff just doesn't stick. I just, uh, <laughs> well, regard, whenever it was, you, in a sense, over those next few months, you were writing some things, posting th- some things, and it wasn't matching up with what I was hearing from, you know, from other news things. And so, as it said, was I think we said it, it bothered me. Right. It troubled me, you know, in, in, inside. It's like, because I know you and your and your passion and your love for Christ and and those kinds of things and it was like I just didn't I it got to that point where I was like it's not making sense mm-hmm. and I let it probably go maybe even too long but I remember we were at I maybe it was an ordination at the cathedral I'm pretty sure that's what it was and I told you that I was I wanted to get with you right and 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 such and so that another month or so went uh, by and there was came an event where you were going to be out at Canterbury. And um, you and I set up, well, let's have lunch together. We'll sort of, put, sort of pull aside. And um, I remember how the conversation started because I, I just wanted to tell you what was going on. It's like, you know, uh, Jabril, I, I've, you've written some things and I don't understand it. I don't understand what's going on here, how, why you're coming to that kind of perspective and, and such like that. And it bothered me. And so you explained some of that and gave me some history and those kinds of things. And that was good. And, I, you know, we could converse about some of the incidents that have been going on, some of the tragedies that have been going on, uh, you know, in the, in the black community. But then more than anything else, you told me your story. You told me your story. And I'll, I'll just tell you one that, you know, you were coming home from seminary and you were arrested and spent a night in jail. <laughs> and, and I thought you, you may have to be more specific. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess there are probably several of those. Times. Anyway, he, for no reason, unjustly, uh, he was, uh, picked up. What was it? You told me it was a uh, suspicion of gang violence. Yeah. Wasn't, I think that's what you told me. Gang activity. Specific, yeah. And, and, and for that you were driving home from seminary, you know, and, and 
what I realized in that moment is that you and I lived in two different worlds. And I had never seen that before. I didn't know that. I didn't know about white privilege. I didn't know, understand that. You know, when I get pulled over, I'm not happy, but I have no fear. Right. You know, I'm going to give the officer my, my license, my, you know, insurance, whatever I need to give him. And I might get a ticket. I might not. But I realized at that point, your relationship with the, with the police and those things was a very different one from what I had. And it was, it was a first exposure to me of white privilege of what that meant. And that is when something flipped inside of me that, okay, going back to the nineties thing, I'm not done with this. <laughs> and, I, and, I, there, and, and, and what I'm finding out with every day, I'm not done uh, with this and, and, and want to be a part of seeing reconciliation of true reconciliation and, and understanding in a way that I didn't understand before. So that's, that's kind of how we got started in it, sitting on the dining deck out at Canterbury and, um, and you telling me your story. And that's what, that's, I think the thing that, that I heard that really, uh, began to change me. It wasn't, it wasn't the, the data, it wasn't the statistics. It was your story. Right. And that's what brought me in to see the world in a different way. And I remember two things I'll say after after we had that first kind of conversation. I remember, I think it was even that afternoon, I was driving home, pulled out of Canterbury, and I live about five minutes, ten minutes away. And I pulled up to a main intersection, and I saw a young black man who was walking uh, across the street um, over to a, like a Walgreens. And I looked at him, and I went, oh, he doesn't live in the same world that I live in. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have the same experience, the perspective that I have about the world. And then I remember a couple weeks later, I was been down for a spring training game. Uh, I will shameless plug here, grew up in Atlanta. So brave sand all the way. No, we're going to cut that out. Cause this is a diehard card. No show. <laughs> okay. You can, you can edit as you like. That's, I guess it's your choice there. Plus we got to show up coming about the whole mascot thing. So, you know, uh, okay. <laughs> good, good. Well, all right. So anyway, I was down, I was coming back from a spring training game on uh, the, there's a, like a toll road, but it's like an interstate. And, um, I was, a, a police car came running up behind me with his lights on. And I looked down like first, am I speeding, you know, kind of thing as you, right. as I think we all do at that moment. But I pulled over and he went right by me, um, you know, chasing after someone else, I guess. And I realized in that moment that if Jabril was, if that was you, you would have felt completely different than I did oh, in that man. moment. Look, I got a dash cam now. I got... <laughs> there you go. I got to be See? safe. That's it. <laughs> so, so those kinds of things, I think, were the where I, I began to realize about a sense of um, of white privilege that I never knew really existed before. You know, I'd, I'd watch things on the news like, well, why fo why can't those folks just, you know, get a job? Why can't they just, you know, do this, that and the other? And, of course, America is a place of opportunity and all those kinds of things. And it is, I believe that, but yeah. not, for every, not for everybody right. and not equally for everybody. So that, that was the, how we got into this as far as – and what I found in Jabril was a uh, – I'll even say it this way, a shepherd, a guide – uh, for me in those years, and especially in those first uh, year or so as we walked together, walking toward trying to do something in terms of a conference and a gathering. But that was sort of the, the goal. And even how we got through that was kind of <laughs> because uh, it, it you weren't I, I remember how it went. And that was actually in the first conversation 
is that you said that you'd wanted to do something and that you'd kind of gotten shot down, shot down by, by, you know, folks that didn't want to do anything on a race. And I remember I said to you, well, we have, I have a place we can do a conference, you know, just you and me kind of thing. And that's how that got started in in terms of that, because I, I really want, um, and it's been a good journey in that regard. You know, um, it's been life changing for me. Sure. Uh, this was, uh, it must be, I'm sorry. I can go back now. It was a 14 that this all started because in the summer of 15, when the Charleston thing happened, when that tragedy happened and, and, um, and such, and I got into a, a whole thing about the flag, the, the stars right. and bars I grew up with, you know, it was part of the Georgia flag up until, uh, up until a few years ago. So there were those kinds of things that I just can't see. I remember I was thinking about we're doing this tonight and I was driving today and I saw someone with a, a, a stars and bars license plate. <laughs> and I just go, I kind of go, why? It doesn't mean what you think it means. Or if it does mean what you think it means and you know, you got, you got some trouble in yeah. one way. Or yeah. So that's some, of the, that's how we got started into some of this. And, and there's, um, you know, uh, it's been a good journey of growing in an understanding and appreciating that there's a world out there that I didn't know. And, um, it was, I was an alien and a stranger to it. And yet I, I feel like I've been welcomed in and, and I want to share that. I want to see, I want to see reconciliation. Amen. So, hmm. Amen. That's a powerful story. And, and I, I definitely want to hear more about, uh, this conference and how y'all moving forward. I'm curious, um, you know, that, uh, that first date story sometimes is remembered differently by, uh, by mom as opposed to dad, you know, when you go, when you get the version, <laughs> um, you know, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's deeply personal and, and, uh, courageous to, to be here and share that kind of story of, uh, father Durell. I was wondering what, you know, what your take on that, um, on that sort of first day, that first lunch, um, you know, in those first couple of interactions. Yeah. You know, um, it was, it was, it was to use a non-committal word at the beginning. It was interesting. Um, mm. and I, and, and, and I, and I, and I used the non-committal word purposefully because in the beginning, you know, I never know how to take things. You know what I mean? I, 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 you know, it's, it's dangerous as a black man to have, um, bold opinions that go against the grain. Um, angry black man. Exactly. Angry black man. Exactly. You can Warning. easily be labeled the angry black man. Um, and I am a person that is typically willing to engage conversation across color line because I, you know, brother, you always say you always jump to reconciliation. And it's like, yeah, because you know, we, you know, I wish that they were one as you and I are one, you know? And so I'm, I'm always willing to engage those conversations, but I'd be lying if I say it always goes well, you know? Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> yes. And so it was one of those things where, you know, um, I'm, 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 I'm relatively new to the diocese. Um, you know, I, I, I know, you know, I know John is on is a heavy hitter in the diocese, um, you know, and even without being a heavy hitter, he's a white male in the diocese. You know, he's a white male priest in the diocese. That's the same thing, right? I thought. Well, I, it's you, like double little, because he's already oh, a white male and then you gave him some some status in the diocese. And it's like, you know, it's like, you know, white male squared type thing. Mm, <laughs> mm, I love and, that. And I, I, I love me some white male squared. 
I was going to say one more adjective in there. Southern white male. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Noonan, Georgia. That. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and so. And son so, of the yeah, South. It's, 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 it, it was interesting because um, one of the things that I dislike is where I am, and, and, and who am I, right, to be so prideful to say this, right? But where I am trying to give of myself and people don't even engage. You know, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and nine times out of the ten, people don't even engage. Um, so then to have somebody engage, that was refreshing. You know, like somebody said, pull me aside, like, I want to talk. And not, you know, it's it's okay when I have these Nicodemus moments all the time where people will come to me in the corner, in the cover of darkness and be like, you know, Jabril, I really agree with you. I'm like, why don't you say it in public? <laughs> but that's, that's on the other end. But, you know, when people will come to me and say that they disagree. And they want to have a dialogue, you know. Okay, cool. Now, first, first little bit of 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 of, of joy tempered with a little bit of apprehension, anxiety, right? So then you go into this conversation, and you know it starts off well. I'm I'm always going to put a good foot forward. I'm a, well, I'm gonna try my best. Let me not say I'm a always. I'm gonna always put a good foot forward, and and try to be genuine, try to be sincere, try to be vulnerable, try to be present in that space. And so, you know, John and I start this conversation, just like he said, at the um, at the retreat center on the patio. And, um, you know, we, we have this dialogue. And I remember the moment where, you know, John started like stuttering over some things because it's all, you know, it's always for y'all white folks. It's always like, OK, now, how do I say something that's not going to anger the black man here? You know, and so, <laughs> you know, you start you start dancing around things. And I remember telling John, I was like, John, you and I. We agreed that we're gonna work together on to come to to be reconciled, yeah. and I know just like dancing, you gonna step on some toes, I'm gonna step on some toes, <laughs> but as long as we're committed to being one, we'll be okay. So just say whatever needs to be said, and I know that you're saying it as from a place of love. And from there, it was like you know, waters opened, and we just flowed. You know, we say we say whatever we've we've had our disagreements where it was like mm-hmm. somebody said something offensive and we have to come back and apologize and whatnot. But because we started from that foundation of you and I are committed to being one thus, yes. thus far, thank be to God, we've been able to hold that together. Now I will say like when you said uh case, when you asked which, which one, which time I got arrested. So now he did, he did conflate times that I got arrested. You know, <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to keep it all straight. I, I mean, know, I, I, I I'm with I him. Know, I gotta cut him know, slack it, on that but, one. It's, but that is part of the door yeah. opener, you know. When when yeah. when when I go to events and I'm speaking to people and I'm standing in my clericals and I can tell people I've been arrested like five, seven times um, for mm. ridiculous stuff, you know, uh, like guns drawn on me. Police flanked my car one time with guns drawn on me because my tags were expired by one day, like. Yeah, you know, like come on, uh, and and it, and it does it 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 like John said, it makes you say, "Oh man, that's different from the data." You know, I get it. The data is the yeah. data, and we may want to argue data. You know, we're in the era of alternative facts and everything else, so we can argue data to 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 no to no ends. But that that story, as long as you believe that I'm telling you the truth, that story cannot be denied. Well, and that's and that's that's powerful too. And and I kind of want to jump back if if I can, um, you know, as is my right to jump in and take control of, of where this conversation goes. Because <laughs> um, we want to get to the to the 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 conference and you two working together. But John, I want to check in back with you because 
you know, it strikes me from my own life, right? Having been in those places where I've dismissed the stats and I've explained away the the violence and I've and I've sort of gone with my gut to side with the police and just and taken that kind of wait and see attitude, you know, well, let, let's hear what the police, have. all of those things, you know, that I heard those echoes in my own life. And, and yet, you know, this time when something troubled you and when something that he said troubled you, you didn't dismiss that, you know, you didn't mm-hmm. just let that one go. And I'm curious if, if, if you could say just a little bit more, it, what it was that brought you, um, you know, brought you to take that step and to be able to do it in a way, because I tell you, I, and I, I, I've sat myself down in front of black folks and demanded an explanation, <laughs> right, you know, right. on far too many occasions, um, you know, but it, it sounds like y- you were able to approach this with a, with a, uh, a genuine openness and uh, ultimately a love mm-hmm. that came from a place of being troubled to start yeah. with. And I'm curious what, what got you there? How, how did you take that step? You know, when it comes down to it, I have one allegiance, and that allegiance is to the kingdom and its king. And, um, and with that, when, when Jabril and I started working toward the conference, and the, we knew that it would be controversial, we knew there would be issues with it and stuff like that, but he and I were both committed that, at least I'm, I'm going to say from my perspective, we were both committed <laughs> that the kingdom was the answer, that, that Christ really was the answer to, to bring about true reconciliation in people's hearts and lives, because we had experienced it. You yeah. know, he and I had, had – that's what had really knit us together more than anything else. And so um, – and it was kind of nice. After I posted that, that whole thread got shut, <laughs> shut down, thank goodness, and such. And then um, – uh, so anyway, that's, that's some of how we got there. And, you know, basically what had happened is that there – you had a, you can sort of say it. You'd proposed to do a conference a couple of times with some of the leadership. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And – and at that point, that kind of go back to what I said before is I said, well, we can do a conference. I got a, we had a venue in Canterbury to be able to do something. You've pushed up against a lot of a lot of tenants of of white male ness at this point. Right. I mean, you had your personal revelation. You could have been done again. Right. We could have had the 1990s yeah. all over again. You, you check the box. I, I checked the box again. I'm, yeah. Nice <laughs> How many and times I got to check this box? Position. How, many, how many times you chose to use your position and the resources that that you had available to you, not just in your personal life, but in your professional life to go out on a limb with him. <laughs> yeah. With, you know, some black man, uh, um, who nobody liked anyway. I mean, you know, angry black man. Um, <laughs> and about it. I, where did, where did that come from? I, I guess the Holy spirit must still be moving in this world, but I don't have any other explanation for it. You want right. to enlighten me? But no, I think you're right. I think in a sense that there was a, once again, it goes back to relational, a, a relational model of ministry. It goes back that this wasn't just, um, I, to be honest, you know, I felt some pain. I felt some of Jabril's pain that I had never had before. And it would have been so much easier. You know, I could, could have just dismissed it. I will say that. And there's part of me that wanted to dismiss it, but I think that there is that prompting of the Holy spirit. Hey, I said, I'm a child of the charismatic renewal, right? So that, that, that <laughs> moves in there. And so, uh, so the thing is, there was that prompting, I think, of the Holy Spirit that would not let me be alone with it. And in that, I got, I got, and what I discovered, it was so positive in our conversation that um, I didn't feel condemned. You know, I think that sometimes, at least what I hear, I feel like, well, 
and and I'm probably worthy of condemnation for my white privilege and for and for my ancestors and what they did and those kinds of things. But I didn't get any of that from Jabril. I got a brother who was willing to, in a sense, to engage with me over my being troubled and and help me to. I'm still troubled, but it, it's not in the same way. And what I mean by that is, is that um, I've been armed with with an understanding that I had no idea before, and that understanding has been growing over the last three years. Amen. You know, that's that's way that's one way to sort of look at it. That it's not, you know, I won't get done with this until I get <laughs> until I step into the nearer presence of Christ, as the prayer book would say. Yeah. Amen. You know, that, you know, I, I I wanted to to draw on that too because. I think that was a beautiful thing that you talked about. Uh, you mentioned that before back in the in the intro when you were describing yourself and, and describing how we connected and talking about you thought you were done. And we've mentioned that before. You thought you were done. We, case you said you thought you were done. Check those boxes. Check those boxes. And you realize I'm not done. And you realize I'm not done. And, you, uh, and it struck me because you said that twice, you know. And when I heard that, what I heard was, for me, the orthodox premise that we're never done, you know, we're, 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 we're never done with, you know, Christianity is the way of repentance. You know, we're, we're never done until we make it to the kingdom. Like you said, it's about the kingdom mm-hmm. and we're, we're, we're never done um, repenting. We're never done forgiving. We're never done reconciling until we are caught up with the Lord in the air. You know, Amen. Um, and so it's like, you know, how do we engage that? Because so many times, it's it's so it's so interesting how many conversations that I have that don't go the way that you and I went, John, you know, where, you know, the response is in case you've seen some of them, you know, the response is I marched with King in the 60s. You know, I'm no racist like <laughs> check the box. I've marched with King. You can't tell me anything. You know, um, I'm like Johnny Cochran now. The glove don't fit. You must have quit. I, I marched with King. You can't tell me anything. And so, <laughs> you know, that's almost like the, the mantra. And so how do we get beyond that to that place where no one's denying that you may have checked the box? And that's not an insult that you check the box. But right. at the same time, that's all it was, was checking a box. It's not like you do this and we're done. How do we get people? And this goes into, you know, you know, future conversations on race and moving forward. You know, it's how do we get people to understand that this work isn't done, that we always continue on until we get to the kingdom. I I think the thing is, this is that, and I look at my life that way, my, my own sort of, uh, you know, if we want to go into theological terms, my own sanctification, my own being made right, my own being, uh, transformed and renewed by the by the Holy Spirit and by by my pursuit of God and His more so I take that back His pursuit of me, you know and, and so so I think the thing is that that it's a very and I think that for me it's it's personal it's relational and those kinds of things really make it where um, I'm I'm walking a road here and there are other things on this road as well but the hope that I have. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to go there so much but I don't want cuz of the whole pol- political thing oh what what a mess <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of hope in those things my hope is in the kingdom amen and in in Jesus Christ and and it's just because that's the only thing I I I can really rest on I mean I remember back in I forget which election it was but it was 3 or 4 ago where I just want I began to hope for the kingdom and a righteous king and and that's becomes the answer. And that's really where I think where we were knit together 
in a way that that you know it it wouldn't have happened without that i would have just gone on my way i would i would have never i would have never just you know um i mean i grew up with uh like i said i grew up with um the flag the confederate flag i grew up with with um gone with the wind as a model of of what <laughs> way the world was you know kind right. of thing i mean and so so saying all that is that it led to um and i guess the thing is once i got this bit of knowledge about white privilege and that was the sort mm. of the start there's so much more but once i began to see it that something that i had never really seen before because i didn't see anything you know i didn't have i didn't have the experience of being a minority or being that because there's another a priest in our diocese who i connected with and i realized and he basically told me his story and it was he was from a hispanic background and it's like not only is there this black world and this is how dumb i am not only is there this black world, but now there's a Hispanic world. And then I went, oh, no, there's like a world for everybody. And <laughs> the only person that's, and, and white privilege trumps all of it. So in, in that regard. So that's that's kind of where it led to. And then we came to this moment of planning this conference and we got we got some encouragement, but we also got some pushback. And um, uh, we brought in a guy who. um some folks didn't want to come because they thought he was whatever they thought he was, you know, kind of deal. And, um, and it was sad. We, we put, we invested a good bit of, um, time, energy, finance. Yeah. Uh, and, and I will say that for those that were there, it was, it was a really good moment. And there was some conversation that was begun. And, uh, and so we did this, this was in May of last year. Right. Um, as in 16 and, um, and it, but it was, it was also tough because the folks that should have been there that we, we kept saying that the folks that should be here aren't here. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, the the interesting thing, the interesting thing about that too, and this was one of the, um, (laughs) if I may be so bold, one of the teachable moments that, you know, I share with, with John case is that, you know, the, 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 the difficulty of doing this, of, of coming to that realization and doing this work as a white person, you know, it's going to cost, you know, um, it costs yeah. some financially in this instance, but, and it also costs some relationally, you know, cause like you were saying, there were people that didn't like, you know, where's this coming from? And you know, we're looking at you sideways because, you know, why are we doing this? You know? Um, and you know, it's, you know, having been, you know, again, being, I remember one time on the clergy list serve, I, around the Confederate flag issue. And I said, to, you know, after taking an onslaught, taking a, a, a beating from the clergy for having the audacity to bring up some sort of dislike for the flag. Um, I remember responding that, you know, it would be easy for me as a black priest to, to, to put my head down in my black church and never bother with y'all white folk. But love requires that I stick my neck out on the line and let you chop it off. Ironically, I was at St. John the Baptist. So, you know, hey, yeah, you know, I was in good company. But I was like, love requires that, you know, you, you, I put my neck out on the line and, and allow you to chop it off, you know. And, and that's part of it, you know. But doing this work, I know that, you know. 
but coming into that space, and this is what this is all about, y'all, when, when y'all, you know, listening to us talk about this, unpacking this, is how do you enter into this space? How do you enter into these relationships? How do you have authentic relationships around, uh, across the color lines that are, that are deep, that are vulnerable, that are real, that can survive the various shit that we see from day to day? Um, but know this as well, is that, I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you it's going to cost. It, there, there's going to be a cost. But hopefully, hopefully, and, 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 and hopefully this is where we can, we can want, have you leave things for people, John. Hopefully the cost is actually worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think here's the thing is that, once again, framing it in, which I kind of have to do because this is the core of my life, framing it in that, that Jesus requires me to lay down my life. There is a cost involved in being a Christian, and sometimes we we play up all the good stuff, you know, about, about following Jesus and how <laughs> wonderful it is, and and you know, but that's comfort, not the peace, yeah, that's it. yeah. The, the 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 full gospel though is there's you're gonna in this world you will have tribulation. Yeah, uh, it's almost like that's a promise. Yeah, that is you the know, promise that he gives. <laughs> you're gonna have tribulation, but be of good cheer. And so my hope is in Christ and His kingdom. And and we're going back to that picture. It's it's. It's I get this moment, at least over walking with Jabril in the last year or so, where I see maybe dimly, but I see every tribe, people, nation and tongue. And all of a sudden I see that those things that that we would allow uh, to divide us can dissipate when we really come at it because of love. You know, um, I think it comes down to it. Love is what compelled me um, because I saw this man who had passion and and uh, a way that I didn't have or that I didn't understand. Why why would you be passionate about those things? It's, just, it's like you're making it's almost you're making a big deal about nothing, or you know that's the way it felt like mm-hmm, originally. Mm-hmm. And then I came to that place where it's like, no, this is I, I, my you know the scales fell off, you know however you want to say it. My I could see more clearly this issue from a different perspective from my from my brother's perspective. And and that that's what changed me in this and and or uh, I don't set see there's that changed me it's like I'm done yeah. <laughs> it's, cha- it's changing me amen and, and amen. it's going to be an ongoing process that that I I I'm going to walk for the rest of my life and in a way that um, yeah like I said I was I was much happier <laughs> before all this. <laughs> I was content. I was satisfied. I'm a good guy. I dealt with this. You know, I've confessed my family's sins. I've, I've, you know, I've, I actually, I I think I told you this, Jabril, when we first talked uh, in the nineties, when we were referring to that, I had a a friend who was a black youth pastor. And this was when I was canon for youth in the diocese Uh and a friend of black youth pastor in another state, but we were at an event together and I, I pulled him aside and he became my confessor in that moment, you know, and there, we cried. We, there were tears. (laughs) Right. And it's like, once again, I thought, okay, I've dealt with this, yeah, but <laughs> not yeah. not not yeah. enough. And I think the thing is, for folks to look and see, you need to come to a realization, and this is my hope, and maybe through this conversation that we're having tonight, is that there will be some folks that say, I, I never knew, because that's what I said. I never knew this, and goodness, I should have. Amen. I should have. And, um, and so in this moment, uh, in a very much, I'll say it, I asked Jabril Valentine into my heart and he changed my life. 
Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Thanks be to God. Thank, thank, so, thank, thank, uh, thanks be to God. Um, you know, and, and, and I say that, you know, truly like thanks be to God. Cause you know, um, only he, only he could change our hearts. Only he can change our lives. Um, um, and so, you know, all we are are vessels, you know, so, 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 so whatever I've been able to do for you and you all both have been able to do for me, uh, it's all thanks be to God. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's the purpose of racial heresy, beloved. That's, that's why we do this, um, is to, 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 to that, that, that sentiment of, I never knew that sentiment of, I, I never knew. And I, and I should know, um, because mm-hmm. if we are brothers and sisters in Christ, we should know. You know, imagine you, you imagine you those of you who have brothers and sisters in your life. Imagine how you would feel if you never knew what was going on with them. Imagine if your if your brother told you that he had cancer and you didn't know. You know, you just found out at the end and he had it for years and he never told you. Uh you, you would be hurt. You know, you would be devastated. Um and if we are brothers and sisters in Christ as we're supposed to be, then we should know. We should know what what is painting our brothers and sisters, what is ailing each other. And that's our hope through the show is that we, we peel back the lens on, 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 on the, the established racial doctrines in our society, those things that keep us separated um, and, and, and bit by bit chisel away at the rocks, you know, peel away at the scales so that, you know, we can all become racial heretics and turn this thing upside down in the name of the Lord. And, and, and so, you know, we, we thank you, Amen. John, I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to you for, 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 for being with us and sharing your, your story with us and sharing this space with us, um, and, and share, sharing with our listeners that you don't always have to be you know, moved to compassion. You could be moved by being troubled. Um, but in either case, whether you're, whether you're moved to compassion, whether you're moved by trouble, we all should be moving to the center who is Jesus Christ. Um, and so Amen. thank you for being an, an example of that and, and, and allowing us to share that um, with our brothers and sisters out there. Um, and so we thank you all for listening. You know, chime in, let us know, give us your comments, your feedback. You know, you can email us too, ebony and ivory at racialheresy.com. You know, uh, I just had to say the email address because I just I just love saying the email address. Ebony and Ivory at <laughs> racialheresy.com. Uh, but racialheresy.com. You check us out. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Subscribe to the show. Leave a review. Let us know what you think. Um, share it with your friends, with your family, with with all those that you know. Share it with those who you who who, who you don't know to speak about John and ending up on my listserv without without even asking. I was like, John needs to be on my listserv, you know, to to to, to give another aside before I put a pin in this show. You know, um, there's a, a a white guy down the block in my neighborhood who somehow I ended up on his um his email list, and he's sharing me all this information that I don't want. Uh, of politics and instead of getting angry instead of getting upset i put him on my racial heresy list like okay well i I got a list for that (laughs) so share it with whoever you think needs to be shared with um and you know until next time i'm father jabril and i'm father case and we implore you on behalf of our brother john of canterbury retreat center that's canterburyretreat.org Canterbury Retreat Center in Oviedo, Florida. We are imploring you to do whatever you can, to use whatever power, whatever privilege you can muster to become a racial heretic. And now here it is, your moment of sin. Mr. Sessions has used the awesome power of his office 
to chill the free exercise of the vote by black citizens in the district he now seeks to serve as a federal judge. This simply cannot be allowed to happen. Mr. Sessions' conduct as a U.S. attorney, from his politically motivated voting fraud prosecutions to his indifference toward criminal violations of civil rights laws, indicates that he lacks the temperament, fairness, and judgment to be a federal judge. I believe his confirmation would have a devastating effect, not only on the judicial system in Alabama, but also on the progress we have made everywhere toward fulfilling my husband's dream that he envisioned over 20 years ago. That was what Coretta Scott King said back in 1986 about Jeff Sessions. Thank you for listening to Racial Heresy. Be sure to visit our website, racialheresy.com, to post your questions, comments, and feedback, and to share your own stories of life as a racial heretic. Want to hear more? You can find past episodes of Racial Heresy on iTunes and the Racial Heresy website. Want to hear even more? Invite Racial Heresy to speak at your conference, council, church, training, or event. Email us at ebonyandivory at racialheresy.com or visit our website for information on speaking engagements.